0: Hey everybody, this is Coach Joby here and today I'd like to take a few minutes to uh, go over uh, a little bit of behind the scenes uh, into the training of a Kona qualifier and um, let you know, I'd like to let you know some things that you can think about implementing in your training that uh, perhaps can help you make some improvements um, on, on the bike and the run and in your overall race. So if we take a look here, um, this is, this is the, uh, these are the race results from Ironman Maryland, and this is Caroline Wilson. And uh, she, uh, before I get into what we did with her training, I want to point out that she was able to, um, if you take a look at the bike splits, she had the fastest bike split, and then she was able to get off and run and had the fastest run split of the day in her uh, in her age group. Um, so, uh, just kind of keep keep that in mind as I go through the inf- uh, information here regarding her training. So, um, this is this is the actual uh, power file from or the Training Peaks data from her bike split. Uh, her her average power was one hundred and sixty. Her normalized power was one hundred and sixty one watts. Um, and I want to point out that uh, her cadence was a seventy four. So. We have we have switched Caroline's cadence to um, bring it down into the mid 70s because this this just works for her and uh, and in in many cases and and for so many athletes this this is a an effective cadence for the Ironman distance. Now I'm not saying that everybody should blindly just go and and ride at a 70 RPM because you have to be able you have to train to be able to push this cadence and this wattage. Um, without overtaxing your legs. So there, there's things that you do within your training to make this cadence sustainable. And if you're used to riding at, let's say an 85, 90 RPM, then then you need to make sure that you make the shifts in your training so that on race day, this feels completely normal and natural. So I want to point this out to you because this um, this impacts uh, how you look at the, the data that we're gonna look at next. So one uh one of the things that we did with caroline and actually we did this recently this is after the fact um months and months after maryland as we're trying to dial things in for um uh, for kona this year for uh the world championships we um we had caroline uh, complete a um a number of tests but one of them we wanted to look at was uh how effective her uh what her oxygen uptake was at at various cadence ranges, and so on. This particular day, we tested two extremes. So we tested a low cadence and we tested a high cadence, and um, and this is just one test. So uh, you know you you can't necessarily draw any conclusions just from one uh, one test, but it does point you in the right direction and it gives you things to think about. So her average power for this um, for this for this segment was 160 watts and she completed this at a cadence of 93. now this is this cadence is fast for Caroline and this is not the most comfortable for her and you'll see in a minute how that um, how that, um, that that carries out into her efficiency. so um, we measured what we're measuring here is we're measure, measuring her oxygen uptake at this intensity so it was a steady effort. We kept the cadence between eighty-eight to ninety-five, around there. She averaged ninety-three um, RPMs, and her oxygen uptake was uh, forty milliliters of uh, per minute per kilogram. So that's that's how much oxygen demand. So if if all things being equal, if we could reduce the oxygen demand at the same intensity, then that that means that the athlete is more efficient. Okay, so. Uh, we after this this interval we allowed her to stabilize and, and her heart rate came down uh, to a baseline of about 105 beats per minute and we stayed there for a while and then we went back into another interval and uh, for this interval we we had her ride at a higher power output and and this wasn't necessarily by um, by design she the, the target was 170 watts for both intervals but what ended up happening is at that higher rpm she struggled to get her power up um, and at the lower rp rpm it just kind of naturally started to to rise and so what we didn't want to do here is we didn't want to have any big spikes and drops in power so we just kind of kept it kept it steady so she ended up producing 180 watts at a cadence range of, or average cadence of 71 RPMs. So what's significant here is if you look at the oxygen uptake, now I'm just gonna call these equal, okay? 39 to 40, there, there's not a big uh, significant difference, but there, there is a difference. But what's significant about this is the amount of power produced at, at, at the same oxygen demand. So um, clearly this this cadence works for Caroline and this ca- cadence is what her body prefers. And it's no surprise because, for the last you know year and a half, uh, two years, this has been the focus of her training. A lot of big gear intervals, a lot of um, you know strength work on the bike, a lot of uh, lower cadence intervals that really have have switched her body to become more efficient at the lower cadence range. Now, how does this apply to you? Um, Everybody. I'm not saying everybody should ride at a at a lower cadence. Everybody has a, a, a sweet spot that works for them. And so, the one thing that you would want to check is to see how comfortable um, your cadence range feels. And, and the the only way to do it is to obviously observe what you're what where you're the most comfortable. But also, you want to have some 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 comparisons so that you can compare one cadence to the other. So for example, a a standard test that I would recommend would be doing um, 10 minute intervals with plenty of recovery in between. These are not hard all out intervals like typically let's call it Ironman uh, intensity and complete them at a variety of cadence ranges. So keep power steady, keep power constant and, um, and, 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 and ride at various cadence ranges. So you can go with a low cadence, a medium cadence and a high cadence and then check your heart rate response to each of those, uh, each of those intervals. And you can reverse the order. Um, you, can, you can switch those around. But the main thing is that you, you want to make sure that everything stabilizes before you go into the next interval. Don't go into the interval with an elevated heart rate because that'll impact the, the results. So allow your heart rate to come to a baseline level for a while and then go into the next interval. So let's say, for example, you're doing 10 minutes of these intervals. I would say um, give yourself a good five minutes of just really easy, comfortable riding, easy spinning um, and before you go into the next interval. But have a baseline heart rate that you're going to drop to for a while before you go into the next interval. And um, and these are best done on the trainer because you can control everything. And um, and, and take a look at the results. If you see that you have a, a lower heart rate at one of those cadence ranges, then that that's a good indication that that cadence might be uh, might be best for you. And then, of course, you have to train to adapt to that. So it, it's not just figuring out which cadence is, is feels the most comfortable, but you have to make sure that your training reflects the, um, the intention of riding at that cadence on, on race day. So um, keep that in mind. Um, just wanted to share this with you. Hopefully it's helpful. Um, don't just go out there and blindly ride at a certain cadence. Um, test things out to see what is really ideal for you and uh, if you are interested in doing a specific cadence t- test where you do measure your oxygen uptake um, let me know you can send me a, a message and uh, and we can we can set one of those up um, to help you dial in uh, a cadence range that that might work for you all right hopefully this was helpful and have a good day